Hello again, everyone, and welcome to today's show. If you're one of the 130 million people that are dealing with SIRS, Lyme disease, autoimmune disease, or other conditions that are impacted by mold on a daily basis, and you need to learn how to eliminate that exposure, then you're in the right place. My name is Brian Carr, and you're listening to Mold Finders Radio. What's going on? Um, so I'm here. So I was originally going to be doing a live with someone else, and uh, I guess that I messed up the scheduling. So sorry, <laughs> it's my fault. Um, however, I had this time blocked already, so I figured instead of not doing anything in my calendar, literally have like a half hour blocked for like this time, um, and then the rest of the day is just completely full. So I figured I might as well, uh, instead of taking a free half hour, maybe filling up my coffee again, jump on live. And um, I don't know, see people have questions or something. I'll just do like an impromptu Q&A or whatever. Um, so let's just, if anyone has questions, shoot them in the comments. Let's roll. Let's just start doing this. In the meantime, um, I maybe we'll start talking about this new thing that I just released that I actually haven't told anyone about other than my text community. So uh, another reason to join my text community um, I told them about this thing last week and a bunch of people have already jumped on board, which is really cool. Um, God, how much do I want to talk about it now? I want to answer questions, but I'll, I'll, until questions come up, I'll start, I'll start, uh, I'll just chat about it a little bit. And as soon as a question comes in, I'll shut up and I'll start answering questions. So if you have questions, throw them in. Um, okay. So like I said, I told my, my text community about this like secret army project that I was working on. Um, and it's done and it's out and it's been getting used and the feedback's really great and I'm really excited about it. Uh, I'm going to stop there for now. It's called Ermi. It's called the Ermi Code. It's go to ermicode.com. You can go check it out. It tells you all about it. There's a video about me talking about it. I won't waste your time here, uh, your time here with it. And I'm going to get into questions like I said. But yeah, it's just ermicode.com. Go check it out. If you have an Ermi, you've done one before, you don't really know what it means and you're actually trying to figure out what it really means. I did this entire uh, analysis of all the homes that we've inspected over the last three years and created this awesome interpretation guide to give you guys like feedback on what's actually going on in your houses. So that, I'm really excited about it. it. Took me six months to put together. I'm done talking about it. Okay, so I'm going to get into questions. Um, hey there, can you clean moldy wood safely without having to replace it? This is the first question. So depends on the type of wood, all right? Um, solid wood... Yeah, well, let's take a step back. Clean is, is, could be two things. One, if there's mold growing on something, that's a different story than if you're just worried about like cross-contamination that's maybe settled on it, okay? So if you look at this wood and there's like mold growing on it, then the rule of thumb is if it's not solid wood, meaning if it's plywood or particle board or anything that's not real solid wood, then Cleaning is not really the best move because it can grow into the different pores in the wood that exist because it's different pieces of wood like stacked on top of each other or crumbled together and you won't really be able to get it out. If you're just worried about like cross-contamination settling on stuff, then yeah, you could totally clean that. There's, um, there's wipe down processes. You could HEPA vacuum it. You could wipe it. Um, uh, another thing I'm working on, which is not going to get pushed probably until the beginning of next year, but I'm creating this entire how to clean your stuff document that currently in my Google Drive is a 14 page long Google Doc of all the different things to clean and how to clean them. So if you guys are into that, like throw, 
I don't know, is there hearts on this? Is there waves on this? How do I know that you guys are listening to me? Um, are you guys there? I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> is there anybody? Is there waving? Is there hearts? Is there anything? Yeah, well, if there is, let me know. I, I like that stuff. Okay, um, I'm trying. Oh, gosh, I lost all the questions. Hey, there's a heart. Somebody heard me. All right, cool. Okay, hey, more hearts, more faith. This is so exciting. This is stuff I like. I talk to you guys because I want to feel like I'm talking to you guys, not just so I can hear myself talk. So this is great, guys. <laughs> so many hearts now. It's like a joke now, everybody who's on here. Uh, okay. <laughs> Still. All right. If you found mold in your basement and you called a restoration company to clean up the mold, is there anything else that I need to do? Yes. Yes. There's something else that you need to do. You need to figure out where the water came from that caused the mold to grow. All right. So... Um, just cleaning up mold in your basement, like, sure, there's mold growing on the framing and there's mold growing. Let's say you get the best remediation company in the world come in and clean that. That's great. But if you have water coming in from the foundation walls, if you have an issue with a high water table, whatever it is, and you don't fix that, it's coming right back. It's coming right back. All right. So the biggest thing that you need to do, I had a long talk with a, con- uh, uh, with a client about this the other day. They had spent all this money on this really thorough basement cleaning and encapsulation and all this stuff. They didn't actually fix the drainage problem that was letting the water come in. Think about basement. Your basement's underground, right? So here's the ground. Your basement's down here. Gravity pulls stuff down, right? So if water falls down next to your house, gravity is going to pull it down. Your basement's in here. Then there's something that's called hydrostatic pressure, which basically means that water kind of like moves towards dry, right? So it moves towards dry, which means your basement has dry. The soil's wet. It's going to go straight into your basement. That's the quick little version of that. So... If you're not protecting the water coming down, if you're not diverting it away, if you don't have gutters moving things out, if the grading of your land isn't sloped away from the house, if you don't have drainage down the side of your house, whether it's French drains or whatever, this stuff is going to come back. It's going to come back. So the first thing I would do is instead of spending tens of thousands of dollars on some fancy encapsulation system that all these people tell you is going to be perfect, you know what they do? They put up coverings over the foundation wall so you don't see the water but then what happens is the water comes through the foundation wall because you didn't stop it anywhere so it's still going to come through it hits the covering and mold grows all behind the covering and you end up with a massive mold problem in your basement that you can't see you are creating hidden mold when you do that right you have to fix the water source in the basement it's a really good question i'm glad that you asked that more hearts more people it's exciting stuff all right um all right what else oh god every time i scroll i gotta i gotta get better at this guys i'm sorry um Let's see. We had mold testing done and we were told there was mold-like growth in the crawl space on the subfloor. Is that something to be concerned about? A hundred percent, it is something to be concerned about. I can tell you, if any of you guys have like followed me or listened to me for a long time, be like the number one, two, the number one thing (laughs) that I would avoid in any house if I was looking to buy something, right? Starting from scratch is a basement or a crawl space because they are nothing but problems, okay? And here's why. We talked about gravity. We talked about all this stuff a second ago with the basement. Now let's start talking about something called the stack effect, okay? The stack effect is basically this like fancy terminology of how air moves through your house. Here's how it goes. Air starts at the bottom of your house and it pushes upward through your house. That's the basics. I don't have to tell you all the science stuff. That's the basics of it, okay? The true bottom of your house is not the first floor. It's the crawl space. It's the basement right? Your house doesn't know that you don't live down there. 
All your house knows is that there's a connected floor to another open space that has connected walls. So as far as your house is concerned, you hang out in your crawl space. Your kids sleep in your crawl space. You watch TV in your crawl space. Your house doesn't know any better, all right? So if that's the true bottom of the house and you have a mold problem down there, you have water coming in down there, that is gonna be the starting point of all the airflow that moves upward in your house, which means when you live on the first floor, when you live on the second floor, all that air comes up. The crawl space in the basement could be a massive, massive, massive mold source in your house. So it is 100% something to be concerned about. So don't let anybody tell you different, all right? Give me the hearts, yeah, give me the hearts. I feel like I'm putting on a performance because I want, I want hearts. <laughs> um, let me see, let me see. Can spores be cleaned off of walls or ceilings if mold was removed and it was uncontained when it happened? Yeah, this is part of a home cleanse process, right? So ideally you're containing things, so you're not cross-contaminating stuff. But hey, look guys, my wife joined. Ooh, I'm gonna wave her. Nikki Carr, welcome to the welcome to the show. She's the best. If you guys have ever seen pictures of her, she's the best. We just went to a pumpkin patch yesterday. I didn't even I didn't even post pictures yet of the pumpkin patch, but they're money. They're amazing. Anyways, um, all right, can spores be cleaned off of wall ceilings if mold was removed or uncontained? Okay. So ideally you're containing stuff when you're doing removal, right? If you're not, it just means you're kind of accelerating the cross-contamination in the house. So think of it this way. Even before you remediate, you have mold in this wall, let's say. It's not the mold in this wall that your face is directly in, right? That's not how it works. It comes out from the wall, it comes into your living space, and that's how you get exposed to it. That's called cross-contamination, okay? You're having fragments and spores and all that stuff is coming out of the wall here. That's what's happening. So it's not much different than what you're explaining. You're just really like accelerating the cross-contamination process of it. But when you walk through a house that has mold problems, right? I go into a house with 15 hidden sources of mold. All of it's hidden. There's nothing visible growing anywhere. Yet there's the, the, the ermy stuff, which, you know, if you use the ermy code, you'd really see like what it looks like, how the percentage of time you see toxins in the house, like how many sources are in the house, all that stuff is in there. Um, but all that stuff is what you're being exposed to, right? But when you walk around the house, it's not like there's mold growing on every single wall in the house, right? So what you do, remediation is two-phase. You remove the sources. Ideally, you're containing them, ideally. Um, if you're not, I mean, that sucks, but there's another cleaning phase where you can clean that stuff up is the point of where I'm getting to. Now, it may cross-contaminate your items, your belongings, and make it make, may make it more difficult to salvage things, potentially. Um, that's what this whole new current 14-page document that I'm working on right now on how to clean your stuff is sitting at. Would you guys read like a 15 page how to clean your stuff document? Can I get like a bunch of hearts and waves if you guys think that that would be worth my time to spend time on? God, no? Oh, there's some coming up. All right. I might send out like an email or something or a text to you guys and see if you think that that might be something worth doing. Um, anyways. Point of the story, sorry I'm rambling. Yes, you can clean stuff off of walls and ceilings if stuff was uncontained, but it, it's a very specific wipe down process. Um, and it's very specific steps in between. And I can't really go into all of it because it took us like two years and close to $3 million of all of our clients' remediation budgets to like guess and check and figure out exactly how to do it and what order to do it and all that stuff. So um, if you've seen Mulfinder's method, if you have it, if you've enrolled in it, if you haven't and you were concerned about it, whatever, that cleaning process is outlined step-by-step step in Mulfinder's method because it's one of the things you have to do to fix a problem. So if you're interested in that, you could go into method, um, enroll in that program, uh, you can go to mulfindersmethod.com, gets you there. You could, you know, figure out if that makes sense for you. But part of what's in there is those remediation protocols, and that will answer this question. Um, but yes, the short answer is yes, you can if you're doing it the right way. Um, all right. Oh, that's a good one. Just found out we have mold in our HVAC. How is it missed 
in a mold air test. You want to know why? Because mold air tests freaking suck. <laughs> That's why it was missed in a mold air test. Let me tell you a quick story. Those of you who've seen my how to find hidden mold webinar have heard the story, so I'm going to do it really quick. For a year, in all the houses that we went into for a year, I picked out one area in every house that we inspected where I thought there was mold like hidden in a wall, basically, meaning that there was nothing visible, but there was like water damage or something where I thought there was a hidden mold source there. I did a test in the wall, right? Cause that's how you actually find sources. You test in the walls and you test on the source to validate if there was a problem. Then I took like three steps away. So kind of where I'm standing right now. And I put an air sample right here, which is how you do air samples. Now all the inspectors do air samples. They stick an air pump up around where you breathe and they claim you're getting your air quality. And I took that sample and you want to know what happened? 80% of the time when this wall had a hidden mold problem, this air sample said there was no problem. Air samples in the middle of the rooms are a complete freaking waste of time. Air samples get exponentially less and less effective the further and further away you get from a source. So I'm only like three, four feet away from the source. That air sample means absolutely nothing. So this is how your air test didn't pick it up because you're, you're so far away from the source. That's not its strength, right? So you're missing that. So really the way you have to get in and test your air conditioning system, right? You open up the system. If there's visible stuff there, you know, you could test it. If not, you're testing the dust and the dirt that's in your air conditioning system. And you're doing dust analysis to figure out mold, mycotoxins, bacterial components. This is how we go through houses and inspect all of them, right? You can't like do an air test in a room and think we know what's going on in an air conditioning system. I just had a client the other day. I mean, traumatic health effects on their children moved into a house like eight months ago. Um, just terrible. I'm not going to go super into it because I don't want to like spill their stuff, but it's bad, right? Um, and it all happened over the course of eight months from when they started to when they came in. We go in the house. There wasn't even that many hidden sources in the house. There were some, but it wasn't like crazy. But guess what was a problem? The heating and air conditioning systems. We opened them up. Freaking mold all over them. You didn't have to do all this fancy testing in them. You look down, there's just mold growing all over these things. And every time they turn these things on, it's spitting out in the house. And these kids are getting sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker. And nobody knew why. You want to know how you really inspect a house? You actually understand the levels of the house and you inspect them to figure out how everything is working together. Heating and air conditioning system impacts breathing zone. Breathing zone impacts your contents and belongings. Hidden sources impact breathing zone, which then doubles back up into the air conditioning system and gets recirculated all the way around. And that's how everything is connected. All right. So if you're leaving one of these things out and you're not looking at them together and you think you're going to do an air sample in the middle of a room and it's going to tell you what's happening in your heating and air conditioning system, you're nuts. And these guys, it's just what they do. They just don't know what they're doing. I'm sorry. Um, but yes, hopefully that helped you. Healing with bread. Okay. Is this good, guys? Are you, are you still sticking around? Are these Q&As good? Can you just let me know? Because I just like to ramble sometimes. And if you find it beneficial, I'll keep going. Because I'm going to be running up on sort of time when I have to end here. But um, just let me know, okay? Um, all right. Hi. Do, 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 do. Yay, hearts. Exciting. Good. Even more. Give me more hearts. I'm such a heart... I can't say it. It's, it's not an appropriate word to say. It rhymes with heart and it, and it ends and it, and it rhymes with more. It starts with the, <laughs> a heart more, but with an H in front of it. Um, all right. <laughs> Hold on. I'm reading more pictures or more comments. I want to get something that's good for everybody. Um, I just purchased a new home and this is an interesting question. All right. Hey, I found I had mold illness in the past year. I just purchased a new home. Am I able to purchase new furniture or would I have to wait until I'm clear of mold? 
when you say when you're clear of mold, I feel like you're saying if your body is clear of mold. And that isn't the precursor to whether or not you should be getting new furniture or not. The, the precursor to that is you don't want to bring new furniture in a house that has a bunch of mold in it because you're just going to contaminate it again. So if you mean, is the house clear of mold? Then I would wait for that. Right. Because, you know, why are you going to replace, you know, your bed? I, this community, our community, people were all about like these organic avocado beds and all this stuff because of the off gassing and the, and, all, and the organic stuff. And it's great. Right. But they're freaking expensive. And so that's just an example. Like you don't want to bring that into a house that still has a mold problem. Right. So I would be fixing the sources doing the full house cleaning plan. And then once you do that, you could take, you know, you check your stuff comes out of the house as part of that. And then you can decide what you bring and you don't bring. Um, with my clients, I kind of have a talk, a conversation about here's the things that you could typically clean. Here's the things that maybe you can't clean so much. Um, that's really what this currently structured. I keep pointing over here because my computer's over here. This currently structured 14 page mold cleaning document looks like right now, all of your stuff. Uh, again, I don't know when it's coming out. I'm trying, I'm trying to do a lot of stuff guys. Uh, but hopefully that makes sense. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can find something else. It's 1130. I got a few minutes left, guys. I got a few minutes left. Um, am I in New York? Do I have anyone in the New York area that could come down for a consultation? We cover New York. Just, just uh, hit us up at yesweinspect.com and we can help you out. Okay. Um, is repeatedly using ozone enough? All right, so I'm gonna be like completely transparent on this. I haven't done testing like pre and post ozone use, right? So I haven't seen it myself. Here's the deal though. If you're thinking of ozone, like I'm just gonna ozone my house and everything's gonna get fixed. That's no different than someone saying, I'm just gonna come fog my house and everything's gonna get fixed. And I'll tell you right now that doesn't work because it doesn't get behind the walls and it doesn't get rid of the particles even if you kill stuff. There's so many things it doesn't do. Ozoning to try to remove sources of mold, fogging to try to remove sources of mold is a shortcut that just doesn't work, all right? So, um, so that's my thought on that. Um, HVAC duct register swab came back with cladosporium. What's the next step? If you did a swab and there's cladosporium on it, then it probably means there's active mold growth in the system, which is not great. Um, so I don't know. There's two options with HVAC systems. You can either clean them or you can replace them. I would need to know more than that. But if you have any sort of source growth in a system, you're talking about the register. So maybe it's not all the way to the actual mechanical unit yet. I don't really know. Um, I would be trying to understand what's in the mechanical unit, which is the air handler unit where the blower fan is located, where the coils are located. If there's source mold growth in there, there's toxins and stuff in there, then I'd be leaning towards replacing the system. Um, here's a question. What surfaces do you offer? Um, we are a home inspection service. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, um, we travel the country. I send people to you, myself and Corey oversee the inspections ourselves. And you literally get to tap into uh, myself or my business partner, Corey, to go through your whole house and one of our trained consultants who we send to your house. And between the two of us, we find the hidden mold that's in the house. We validate it. We tell you how to fix it. Um, and we find the sources. We find how it's spread through the house. All the things I've been talking about, the basements, the crawl spaces, the HVAC systems, the full house cleaning, the source removal, the don't, all that stuff is included as part of our consultation service. So um, that's what we do. We help you find the hidden mold that's making you sick. That's what we do. Um, Ermi question. Hmm. Do I want to dive into Ermi right now? I have so much Ermi stuff in my head right now because I just put this whole thing out. Um, where do you find these molds? There's so little info out there about them. All right, guys, 
can I, can I do like a five minute, like deep dive on the mold species stuff? Let me see like a million hearts if you guys want me to do that. Cause, um, I've been really thinking about this. I've been talking to other doctors about this, trying to really like feel this out. Uh, so if I see that, otherwise, is there, I, don't know, I saw a few. Everyone, there's 57 of you right here. If I see 57 hearts right now, <laughs> I'll talk about this because it's a lot and I'm running on time. All right, here's the deal, guys. I can't say what doctor I was talking to about it because she didn't give me permission to, um, partially because the stuff is like, it's controversial if you put your name out there with it. You know what I mean? Um, and I get that, but I just kind of feel like I have to tell you guys what I know and who I talk to and what's going on. And if the inspection community doesn't like it, honestly, I don't really care. So, um, <laughs> all right, so let's talk Ermi. Here's the deal. There are times when the species of molds are important, okay? Again, this is me recapping a conversation with a doctor, okay? So don't take this as if I'm a doctor. I know how all this is happening. This is upfront disclaimer. I'm, I'm kind of summarizing a conversation. Um, there are reasons that certain mold species would impact you. A big reason is if in some point in your past, you had some sort of previous exposure and your body saw that particular mold species and it was like, oh, damn, this is bad. I'm going to react, right? Think of it like you're training a, a guard dog. Anytime you see somebody come through the back gate, you attack them, right? Like you're, you're kind of creating like this, it's almost like an autoimmune response. I don't think it's technically autoimmune, but you're, you're, you're creating this response where like your body sees that thing and it goes after it, right? If you've had a previous experience like this, again, it's my understanding, my conversation, so just hold that with you, okay? Um, then if your body ever saw that mold type again, it may react in the same way, okay? That's a big time that the mold type could have a big impact on you. Here's the thing about the species of molds in the Ermes, guys. And listen, a lot of people are gonna tell you that I'm freaking nuts. I'm like, what the hell do I know? I've got to tell you that the species of molds, and this goes against like all the freaking mold consultants that are on Instagram too. They all like, they hang their hat on like understanding to tell you exactly each mold species and where it grows and what it feeds on, all that stuff. Honestly, guys, it doesn't matter that much. That doesn't matter that much. Like what matters is how much mold is in your house and where it is, right? Because here's the big thing off of what I was talking about. If you haven't had one of those previous experiences where your body really tagged a particular mold type, which I think is the lesser of people, then your body really views mold as a foreign invader. It's what it is. It's something that's not supposed to be here. It's not this mold is way worse than this mold. So here's how I pose the conversation, the, the question to this doctor I'm talking about that I'm referring. I said, listen, if I, if I told you that we remediated a house, not we, but you know, we found everything that was going on. It was remediated. All of the sources in the house we know are gone. We know they're gone because we found them and then we retested them and we know that there's nothing left. So they ripped all the walls out. They got rid of the source level of mold. The source of the factories, the sources where everything is growing, the source is creating the problem, right? So if we got rid of the source and we know that, okay? So that's one thing. The second thing, if we then tested for mycotoxins and biotoxins in the house and we found there was no toxins in the house, okay? So now there's no factory creating a problem the toxic byproducts are gone, okay? You do that. Then you come in and you do an ERMI. 
all right? Now let's say the Ermi shows that there's a couple fragments of Ketomium and there's a couple fragments of Stachybotrys or whatever there is. The reason everyone's so freaked out about those molds is because of the toxins they produce. That is why everyone is so freaked out about them, okay? So you get on the calls with all these mold consultants who are like, oh, stack, you gotta get rid of this. It's bad, 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 bad. The toxin is bad, okay? And the reason that it grew is bad because the reason a mold like stack or cotomium grew is because there was a significant water source. So yes, those molds direct to the point that there's a problem. That particular fragment of that mold is not the traumatic freaking problem, okay? So now we got to think of it a little further. I'm, God, I'm really like, I've been mind dumping this in my head. I was going to make this a whole podcast, but I guess those of you who are here, welcome to Mole Finders Live. Um, so what an ERMI does, it doesn't only look at spores, okay? It looks at the fragments that break off a colony too. So think of a mole colony like a tree, okay? And let's say that the leaves on the tree are the spores that fall off the tree, right? They, they disconnect from the, from, the, you know, from the colony of the tree or whatever, right? Well, the tree still has branches and roots and bark and, and all this other components of the tree. When the water goes away from the tree, right? I mean, a tree is not the best example because trees will stay, but just go with me on this, all right? I'm like, I'm winging this. When the water goes away from the colony, the colony dries out, okay? It stops producing spores, but now all those other pieces of the colony, the branches, the roots, the trunk, all that stuff, the bark, it all breaks off of the colony. Those are fragments, okay? Those aren't spores. Those are fragments that break off. All right. What a fragment means is if a fragment landed somewhere, a fragment is not something that will grow again. Okay. Spores are like the seeds that fly around. Fragments are not. Okay. So let's backtrack on this scenario. We've gone through the whole house. We know there's no more sources, right? We've gotten rid of the factories that are producing the spores that send them out, that go somewhere else that grow. We know all that's gone. So we don't have to worry about that piece. We know there's no toxins because we tested for that and all that's gone. So if we do an ERMI in a house after all that, and we see that there's fragments of some of these like super bad, bad, bad molds, is it really that bad? Like, is it really, really that bad? If all the other things are, are known to be zero, right? Or not zero, but just like not a problem. This is how I pose the question. I keep going back. This is what I pose the question to this doctor. Basically saying all things equal. Here's the summary of this question. All things equal, the person has no history, right? Every person's, you know, just kind of like normal exposure. There's no source, there's no toxins. Then the question was, is a fragment of Stachybotrys different than a fragment of Ketomium, different than a fragment of Cladosporium, different than a fragment of Aspergillus, different than a fragment of Penicillium? The answer was no, okay? Because we've taken all these other things out, right? This is like the biggest freaking problem with ERMI interpreters out there, is that they don't actually understand the whole how a house works <laughs> and they've never inspected a house in their life. And they're looking at these Ermies because maybe they were sick and they're like, Oh, well, I know that this mold is bad. Everyone knows the stack is bad. So I'm just going to tell my clients who pay me 150 bucks an hour that this is really bad. And Oh, I guess you just need to go find where the problem is because it's there somewhere. Yeah. Like no, no shit. Like, of course, <laughs> of course it's what you got to do. Um, but it's so much more than that. <laughs> it's so much more than that. And that's, that's kind of, you know, I mean, that's really, so somebody asked, what do we do? That's what we do. We do this so much more than that. We don't just look at something and tell you it's bad news. That's kind of what ERMI code is all about. ERMI code is less looking at like the individual mold types and stuff like all these other people do. And ERMI code is looking at an ERMI result. We did three years of 
we went back three years of all the homes that we've inspected over three years. The difference between how we look at Ermes and how other, you know, influencers and so whoever, whoever you talk to about Ermes is that they've never inspected homes. So all that they know is that this mold species in a lab does this and this one does this and this one is bad. Guess what guys, we all live in a freaking lab. We live in a house, all right? Like let's get off of the lab stuff and let's start talking about real life stuff that goes on, okay? So what we do, or what I did is I looked at all the Ermes we did because we do Ermes in houses, but then I connected them to the full inspection that we did in the house. Well, we did a whole, we did a whole inspection. We found that there were so many areas of water damage. We tested and validated, you know, seven walls or whatever. And we found that there was hidden mold in the house. We found that there was mycotoxins in this house, or we didn't, or we found there was bacterial problems, or we didn't. And I figured out how to kind of connect all of it together in this like sort of formula, this algorithm thing to make it make sense. And now I can look at an ERMI now, which I was kind of inherently doing in my head, but it wasn't super formal. And I can look at one now run it through the ERMI code and have a really good idea of like what the actual mold situation is in that house. How many areas of hidden mold growth are in this house? How often did we find mycotoxins in a house that had an ERMI that looked like this, right? Isn't that the question we're trying to answer with these ERMIs? Like if I was doing an ERMI and I send it to name your consultant somewhere and they're like, God, this looks bad. You should probably figure that out. Is that why I paid this person hundred or 200 bucks to look at my army? Like, no, we did an army to understand what to do next. How bad is my house? How does it compare to other houses? Should I stay? Should I move? Right? This is why we do the Ermies. We do the Ermies because a doctor or somebody tells us that we're having some sort of mold exposure problem. And uh, we need to figure out if our house is a problem and we need to handle our house, right? That's why they tell you to do an ERMI. They don't tell you to do an ERMI to be like, ah, let's just see what's going on. They tell you to do an ERMI to then figure out what the hell to do with your living situation. That's what they tell you to do. Yet the ERMI score doesn't tell you any of that. Heck, the ERMI score actually misleads you like terribly. Don't even get me into that. It's such a joke, the ERMI score. And then all the other consultants you talk to have no concept for what's actually going on in your house because they have no way to compare it to historical data and they've never inspected a house in their life. So if, if we're doing an ERMI to really give us guidance and just, you know, an ERMI is not going to tell you exactly what's going on because you're not doing a real inspection and you're not testing behind the walls and stuff. But the way that we ran it through, it can give you like an idea of what a remediation would look like. See, the, the thing that we don't need is do an ERMI this looks bad, right? What we need is do an ERMI. What does this remediation project look like? Is this a big project? Should I just move? If I move, like what's the likelihood that I would find a better house than the house that I'm in, right? If I move, like what are all the costs that actually go into moving? Cause it's not that easy, right? So like, how do I do that math in my head? Oh, we helped, we helped with all that stuff, right? That's what the ERMI code is. So I didn't mean to go into like an ERMI code pitch, but this thing about the species just like really, really frustrates me all the time. And especially in post remediation, it really frustrates me because we talked about, well, if I remediated all the sources and I know there's no toxins in the house and you get an ERMI come back, uh, it comes back after remediation is done. And you see like one spore of catomium and your, you know, your Instagram consultant looks at it and says, nope, there's still problems everywhere. Like, are you freaking kidding me? No, like, <laughs> like, no, it's not what it means. Ugh, inspect and do this for a while before you start telling people what it all means. Anyways, I'm off my soapbox now. Um, it is 11.45. I, you know what, guys? I don't think I'm going to reshare this. I feel like I'm going to piss some people off. I feel like this is just for you guys who are with me right now. 
I really just ranted on people that I didn't mean to do. <laughs> so I'm not going to share this again when I'm done with it. So I'm just going to do a couple more things here. Um, and we're going to do it like that. Um, I saved this stuff for my podcast. This is how I rant on my podcast. If you guys like this, this is what I do. Um, all right. What are your thoughts? Oh, the podcast is called Mole Finders Radio, by the way. So if you want to go check it out, I'm almost at episode 100. And a fun thing that I think I'm going to do um, is once I get it all set up, uh, I'm actually going to start doing live shows where I think we're going to go through Clubhouse. For those of you who saw, I initially said we we're going to use Green Room for it. And I actually had you like download it and show you how to do it. So I'm sorry for those of you who did that. But Clubhouse just came out and said a couple things. One, they said no longer are they restricting people to join Clubhouse, which means you don't have to have an invite to join anymore. So anyone could be there. So that's a big, huge thing. And second, they're going to allow creators like me to actually start recording the conversation so we could repurpose them on podcasts. So for me, you know what that means? I just found a platform to create a live radio show for you guys. That's what that means for me. So, um, so once those uh, updates push out to Clubhouse, which I said is going to happen this month, I'm going to start actually doing like Mole Finders Radio Live and we're going to get into a clubhouse room. It's super easy for you to download the app. Um, I'll do a little thing at the beginning, take people up. You guys could ask questions. It'll be kind of like what we're doing right now, except we'll actually be talking instead of me just reading stuff. Would you guys be into that? Is that something you'd be into? Um, if so, no, let me know. Um, all right, guys, you know what? I think, I think this is, I think we're good right now. Um, I got to start preparing to go get my, pick up my kid from uh, her, like her day school thing that she's in. Um, so anyways, thanks. To, dude, a lot of you stood, like stayed here the whole time. So first off, thank you for listening to me talk for like a half hour. Was this like a half hour? I feel like this is a long time. So thanks for listening to me talk for a long time. Um, know that if you jumped on this, I'm not saving this. Um, not ready to save this yet. Uh, that rant that I went on is not ready for the world to see other than the 50 something of you that are in here. So with all of that said, uh, since I did just give a full Ermi freaking blow up. Um, if you guys have done one, you should go check out the Ermi code and just see like how it compares to what you got before. It's super cheap. It's 27 bucks. Like the other thing I wanted to do, oh God, get me off of this too. The other thing I wanted to do is not charge people a hundred freaking dollars to get here and figure out what this thing means when you just spent $250 to get the test in the first place. Ugh. So, so I made this thing where we went, like I said, it was like six months to put all this stuff together. I feel like really proud of the information. I feel like when you open this thing, you're like, wait, I paid $27 for this thing and all of this stuff is here. I feel like you're gonna be like, dude, this is freaking amazing. What else has Brian got? <laughs> like, I feel like that's gonna be what your thought process is. It's 27 bucks. If you run an ERMI, all you do is you go on there, you kind of click the button to do it, and then it's gonna pop up a screen where you just input every single mold that's on your ERMI. So have your report in front of you input the numbers for every single mold that's on there, the groups, the ERMI score, all that stuff, click submit, immediately you get a breakdown of what your actual ERMI really means in your house, not what the stupid ERMI score says that it means. So um, that's what you got, guys. All right, I'm gonna take off. Um, thank you for everyone hanging out. Um, text me, text me on the mold phone. I don't have the phone number in front of me because it's on my phone and my phone's using it, but go to my profile and text me on the mole phone because when I roll out these things that I've been talking about, I roll it out to the community, like the text community first. So they've seen this for a week, a week and a half already. And a bunch of people have already run through it. So if you want this stuff, text me, just get on the list there. I tell everyone there first before I tell anyone anything anywhere else. All right. So I also share like little things that are helpful too. you know, whatever. I tell you, have a good weekend, things like that. Say, hey, here's a picture of my dog, whatever. Um, 
All right, guys, I'm done. I'm sorry, I'm done. Okay, have a good one. Bye. So that's it for today's show, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe and give a rating wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help spread the word to those who really need it the most. 